And now we have a special guest who hasn't <laughs> been up here for a while. Please welcome our senior pastor, Danny Meyer. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning. How are you? It's, it's really good to be back in the saddle. I feel like I've been, been on the sidelines for a while, but this is, this is special for me, and it's special because <clears throat> from time to time, God, uh, um, it's true for, I think, all of us, uh, from time to time, God seems to, to download some vision, some perspective that I, I think, in this case, is going to be extremely important for us as a, as a church family. So I've been sharing with, with other pastors for the last number of months, and we've been dreaming and, and, and uh, listening to the Lord together, been sharing some of what God has, has put in my heart with the, with the leaders, small group leaders and ministry leaders in the church. Uh, and so I'm excited to be able to, to share with you. So this is not so much going to be a sermon as a, a pastoral conversation. So if you're here and visiting for the first time, this is a little bit different. Uh, but, but then again, if you're here and visiting for the first time, I think you'll, you'll get a sense and a, a, a little bit of the heartbeat and the desire and the passion that is really uh, undergirding this church. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll jump right into things. Father, I thank you really so much for just your, your grace in my life, your grace in this church. Lord, we, we thank you for what you've done. We look, we look forward to what you want to do. So, Father, we ask that you would come and allow us to, to hear from you this morning. Lord, I ask you give me grace as I, as I communicate those things that you've been putting on my heart. Lord, just let those things that, that uh, you don't, want to say or that aren't from you, just let it evaporate from my mind. Put those things in, in my mind today that, that you want me to, to deliver uh, at this time to these folks. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, <clears throat> really actually for the last, for the last year, uh, and it wasn't by way of a plan, but it just sort of unfolded that way. I think it was God's plan, not our plan. But for the last year, maybe even longer, a year and a half, it seems like consistently God has been calling for us in our sermons and in other uh, contexts in which we communicate to the church and, and talk together with the church. The, the theme, the thread that's held things together seems to be this topic of discipleship. You may remember, if you've been here for a little bit, that we had almost a year ago, I think, uh, done a, uh, a, a sermon series called Go. It was out of Matthew uh, 28, verses 18 through 22, where Jesus took his disciples and he said, I want you to go and, and make disciples. I want you to go and be disciples. And, and the way we define this, this term disciple, what the scriptures mean, what Jesus meant when he called us to be a disciple, is it's referring to someone who is not just a, a churchgoer or a church member, not just someone who, who believes in, in Jesus, but a disciple is someone who has surrendered their heart, surrendered their lives to God, recognizing, of course, that none of us have arrived, all of us have lots that, that we're, we're holding back, but that we're in this journey with Jesus where more and more as we recognize areas that we are holding back, we're saying, Jesus, I give you this area of my life. I want this area of my life to be surrendered and yielded to you. A, a disciple is someone who has said, I want my life to reflect Christ. I want my life to reflect Christ not just on Sunday mornings. I want my life to reflect Christ not just when I go to a small group meeting. But I want my life more and more to reflect you, Jesus, when I'm living it out with my family, with my roommate, at school, with, in, with my neighbors, with my parents, with my children. I want my life to reflect you in all aspects, at all times, recognizing again that that process of being disciples and becoming disciples is, is a journey. But a disciple is someone who's given their life to reflect him. I, I appreciate so much last week 
when, when Michael was preaching out of, out of Acts 19. And the first point he made is the, the reality that every single one of us has been called by God out of something, but every single one of us also have been called by God to something. In other words, he hasn't just said, I am calling you to leave behind old habits and patterns and addictions. He's not just saying to us, I want you to stop doing these certain things. I want you to clean up your act. I, I want, I'm calling you out of some of the past uh, patterns in your life and priorities in your life that weren't healthy. It's not just that he's calling us out of something, but most importantly, more importantly, he's calling us to something. He's calling us to, to take hold of, to grasp those things that he has apprehended us for. There, there's a wonderful verse, actually, it's in the chapter that I would have been speaking out of today, Acts chapter 20. There's a, a wonderful verse that I am going to use as a, as a springboard for some of my comments this morning. We're in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Listen to what Paul says. The Apostle Paul says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Paul understood that his life had purpose. He said, my life has no meaning to me. I'm glad he threw that little to me phrase, those couple of words in there. Because what Paul did realize, what we need to realize as though God is calling for us to surrender our life rather than grasp hold and try to squeeze all the gusto out of this life from our perspective, we can say, Jesus, I, I surrender my life. I let go of my life. It has no meaning to me, but I recognize it has enormous meaning to you that you created us for a purpose. That God created you for a purpose. There's not anyone who is sitting in this room today that doesn't have imprinted in your being purpose, a plan, a course, a race that God has uniquely designed you to walk in. With Him. With Him. So in surrendering our life and saying that my life has no meaning it has no value to me. What we're saying is not, I'm just a worm, I'm nothing, I have, I'm worthless. No, we're saying, my life has meaning when I am surrendered to those purposes, those designs that God has imprinted in my life. All those experiences that I have had in the past, both good and bad, growing up in dysfunctional homes or growing up in wonderful homes, God says, I am going to use that. Those gifts and those talents that you have, God has allowed you to develop those, whether it be supernaturally depositing them into you or just naturally through your experiences in life. It's uniquely imprinted on you and in you so that you can be used in His purposes, part of His plan. And that's what gives our life meaning. Now, perhaps this has been a humdinger of a year for Penny and I. And perhaps it's because of, of uh, our experiences over the last year or so. The first, the, the car accident uh, a year ago, May, where literally Penny almost lost her life. She was in a coma. She was on life support for a number of days. We were there in Roanoke, Virginia in ICU for, for quite a while. And, and it, it was a sobering time only to be followed by more recently this, this diagnosis of, of cancer. And, and it's, it's likely that when, you, when we have, have seen how fragile life is and recognized how, how easy it is to squander 
our lives, just to sort of stumble through life, just putting one foot in front of the other without thought of what value I have and what purpose my life can have and, and wanting our life to have, have impact. It may well be that over this last year that Penny and I have, have given far more thought to that because we've seen and we thought far more about just how little a sliver of life we have here on earth. But what, what has happened is in, in us, what has happened in me, is I, I just I want to make sure that there's, there's thought, there's some s- deliberateness in how I walk with Jesus, how I walk with you, how I walk as, as a, a father, as a, as a husband, how I, I walk as a, a son and, and, and w- with friends, and how I walk and, and live with strangers. And, and I realize that that's, that shouldn't be any different than any other time in our lives, but it is something that I have been stirred to the very core, both as an individual and as a pastor, to, to consider. How am I living up my life? And as a pastor, how am I envisioning, how are we functioning together as a church family so that each of you can find the, the, the joy, find the excitement, find the passion of, that only comes from seeing and discovering those purposes, those plans, and developing those abilities and gifts in your life that God's given you. I, I want to see us, I want to see us invest in that individually and together. And, and I know there are so many of you here today who are already living somewhat, living that kind of life. You're very mindful when you're at work. You're mindful with your, your children. You're mindful with your neighbors. There's a lot of you who are, who are looking at how you can invest your lives. And what I want to consider in part today, is how we as a church family, together, corporately, I don't mean corporately in a business-like way, but corporately as a, 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 as a church family, as the body of Christ woven together, how we are reflecting Christ together. You know, when we look back at the, at the history, or the short history, 14-year history of Vineyard Church of Delaware County, when, when Penny and I and, and Dennis and Evie Strangest and, and, and a number of you came here into Sunbury to, to plant this church, I'm curious, how many people go back to the middle school, were part of the church at its inception? There's a, there's a few. When, when we planted this church together, you know, one of our desires was to have impact that this church can have, have impact in this community, that it could, be, could, it could be an embassy, if you will, in this community. I remember early on I read an article out of a book, called, uh, a book by Robert Lewis called The Church of Irresistible Influence. And in fact, I put this in a newsletter that we had sent out in the first number of months of the church's existence. But let me read it to you, and this is, this is something that stirred me and stirred many of you in our, in our early months of, of existence. Robert Lewis writes this, Can you imagine the community in which you live being genuinely thankful for your church? Can you imagine city leaders valuing your church's friendship and participation in the community even asking for it. Can you imagine the neighbors around your church talking behind your back about how good it is to have your church in the area because of the tangible witness you've offered them of God's love? Can you imagine a large number of your church members actively engaged in and passionate about community service and using their gifts and their abilities in ways and at levels they never thought possible. 
Can you imagine the community actually changing because of the impact of your church's involvement? Can you imagine many of your city, many in your city, formerly cynical or hostile towards Christianity, actually praising God for your church and the positive contributions your members have made in Jesus' name? Can you imagine the harvest that would naturally follow if this were true? And I remember when I read that and when I shared that and when we talked about this together in our early small groups and it just, it just excited me. I wanted to be part of that kind of a church that doesn't just sort of take from the community, that, that isn't there just to, to, to exist, but to really impact the community because as a church, we reflect Christ. We, we point to Christ in, in our words and also maybe most especially in our actions. And as I look at what, what uh, Lewis wrote here, I, I believe we're seeing at least a, a portion of that. We, we're seeing the, the residue of our church's existence in very positive ways in the community. You know, we, just, just two weeks ago, I received a, a, a really lovely email from uh, Tommy Hatfield, the mayor here in the community, just thanking and talking about how our church has been a, a factor that has been so valuable in, in the community because of something we had, had engaged in. I, I, I know Jake Lozano, is one of our, uh, our youth pastor, has been asked to serve on the Chamber of Commerce and has been very involved in, in this school and has been asked to be involved in a variety of activities, especially in the schools. And, uh, and it's, it's been a positive influence. I know there are many of you who are sitting here who have been involved in different ways in the community, just where you live, right here, in ways that have, have been a blessing to others and a blessing to you. And w- what I do recognize is this. Many of us, many of you are doing these kinds of uh, activities. You are reflecting Christ and, and doing it purposefully. But there is something about that, the, the fact when, when the people see a, a group doing it together. Because here, here's the reality. Every one of us has a purpose, right? Every one of us were created in the image of God. Every one of you, like I said earlier, have a course, have a purpose, have a, a race set before you that you can, can embrace. And, and, and your life is meant to have impact. But what's also true is that when we come together, there's an added reflection of Christ that not one of us can provide individually. I mean, each of us are, are image bearers of God, but it's like a, one little facet of a large diamond. We reflect one bit of who Christ is. But that's one of the reasons why God has called us together as a body. Because not any two of us look the same or reflect the same image of Christ. You know, that's why God fills his body with introverts and extroverts and with those who have come from healthy backgrounds and those who come out of, of very dysfunctional backgrounds. Why there are people here who, who have talents with their hands and there are other people who have talents with their, with their mouths and other people who have talents with... with uh, uh, helping and serving in other manner, in other ways, God has purposefully brought us together so we can have impact. And it is true that, that this church, as an as a embassy for the kingdom of God, has experienced blessing and has blessed because of that reflection. But he, he, here's something we need to recognize. When we planted this church... Even at that time, 14, 15 years ago, we recognized that God was calling us not just to simply be a church for Sunbury, 
that's where we were building the building. But we recognized this wasn't going to be a community church. That we were going to draw more broadly than just Sunbury. And that's, quite frankly, that's one of the reasons we didn't name the church Vineyard Church of Sunbury or the Sunbury Vineyard. Because God had said to us clearly that you were going to draw from a far wider uh, area. Recently, we, we went and sat down uh, and, and looked at our database. We looked at those who are, not just those who may have attended once or twice in a year, but those who are, are on the, in the database and are actively involved in the church. They are in small groups, or maybe they're serving in the Sunday school classes or other ministries, those people who are investing and serve on, on Sunday mornings, etc., those who are giving uh, financially to the church, those who are, who are demonstrating that this is their church home. And we came to find that that, uh, that, the, that group are, is about 1,100 individuals. What we also found is that only 20% of those 1,100 men, women, and children live in Sunbury. Now, I, I knew we weren't primarily a, a church where everyone lives in Sunbury, but that struck me. Only 20% live in Sunbury. Looking deeper, we found that only an additional 34% even live in Delaware County. What that means is 45, 46% of those who call this and, and live like this is their church home live in Franklin County, Knox County, Morrow County, Licking County, Marion County, etc., etc., they're coming from other, other areas. Now, that reality that we are a church where 80% of our people don't live right here in this area, 45 or 6% live a, a reasonable distance from where this building is, that reality together with the fact that we're called to be disciples, to be those who individually and together give a reflection of, of, uh, of Jesus, demands that we deliberately look at how we can represent Christ. Not just here in Sunbury, but in those communities where y'all live. In those communities where you work in those neighborhoods where you rub shoulders with neighbors. And, and like I said, I, I know a, a number of you are already being deliberate in that manner. But I know a number aren't giving as much thought to that as, as maybe should be given. And I'm, I'm not going to wag my finger at you because it, it may weigh heavily on, on me. That as a pastor, I, I have and we haven't deliberately invested and recruited and envisioned and trained and, and released individuals and, and supported and invested in, in ministry and outreach where lives are being lived. There's a little bit on you, but I'll take my part. But I, what I will tell you today is there's, a, there's an old sheriff in town now. And I want to give my heart, the other pastors want to give their time and energy. As a church, we recognize it's our call to identify and recruit and train and deploy to monitor and nurture those who are called to be disciples wherever your feet, your foot falls and wherever you are living your lives. So one of the things that I want to do today is to initiate 
for lack of a better term, a beyond-the-building campaign. Now, Webster's Dictionary defines the word campaign by, in, this, in this way. It's a series of activities or actions that are designed to achieve a specific purpose. We want to, as a church, together, as a f- church family, think how we can invest in the same way we've invested in Sunbury. This is a wonderful building, and it's served well, and it's had impact. And, and a lot of our ministry, let's, let's be honest, a lot of our ministry flows out of this building. You know, food pantry, medical clinic, different classes, different opportunities to serve. And a lot of it flows out of this building and is directed towards this village. I have no regrets. But we need to be thinking about how we go beyond the building. I don't want to be a pastor that says to the surrounding counties, if you want something from us, come to us. That's not how Jesus lived his life. That's not how we're to live our lives. I mean, we, this will continue to be a, a place where there will be activity, but we want to begin to release ministry where the ministers live and work. Are you tracking with me so far? You are? Good. I mean, we, we, can, we could go ahead and, and build and spend, you know, five, six million dollars and build a large addition to the building, have a community center and, and offer lots and lots more activities. But that's not what God's called us to do. We want to invest out there where we live our lives. And let me just say this real quickly. I am not talking about, I do not want to see everyone just get hyper busy. You hear that loud and clear? We're not talking about, you think you're busy now? we got things for you to do. And we're going to go and start recruiting, 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 so that you can do those things that we've dreamt up. See, the whole principle and why we're part of a church family is so that everybody lives a, a healthy life, a balanced life, contributing, investing in friends and family and marriage and, and neighbors and, and stays healthy and works and, and serves in the kingdom. And not to be a church where, where 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. Now, we've been fortunate that we have a high degree of involvement. And we want to continue that and even increase that. So it's not as if in the different counties and different places where y'all live, you know, there's a a small handful that are just burning the candle at both ends, but where everyone can do just, just that which God has called them to do so that Christ can be seen and reflected. So we're going to initiate this Beyond the building campaign, where we're going to begin to to deliberately invest in ways so you get to do those things that God designed you to do, those things that will give joy, those things that will reflect Christ. And, And this isn't something just for the next few months. This is a new hot thing. And this isn't going to be something, it's not our theme for 2017, you know, Beyond the building in 217. That doesn't rhyme, but pretend it did. What we're talking about is just simply what God has always called us to. And we just want to put more and more wheels on that so so it happens, so it takes place. So we're going to begin immediately to take, take steps to envision and to train and to deploy individuals to help folks discover help each other discover what are the areas that God has called me how could God use those specific abilities and, and even hobbies and, and uh, talents and, and spiritual gifts how could God use what I have we want to help to 
think with you on what that might be. But the key is not just in Sunbury, but beyond the building. Ministry, outreach, doing the stuff, being disciples, where you live and where you work. Now let me say this. There are people, I am absolutely certain, here today, who are called to overseas missions. Maybe it's been something that was written in your heart when you were a teenager or years and years ago and you've sort of pushed it aside because you thought, well, it's not going to happen. I don't know even how to approach it. I don't have the resources. I don't have the training. I don't even know, I don't even know what the next step would be. I firmly believe and desire and am going to be active with the other leaders and pastors to find out who you are and to help you make that vision, that dream, that purpose imprinted in your life come to pass if it truly is God. That we can add to the number that we've sent out. We've sent out, I think, six or seven missionaries over the years from this church family, Brazil and Angola and other areas. We want to continue in the, in the years to come to continue to send out, maybe double the number of missionaries that we've sent out. And some of you are them. Over the last 14 years, we've planted, I think, six different vineyards. Some of them sizable. We've sent out 100, 125 people at a time to Delaware County a couple of times, to Knox County, to, to uh, Morrow County. We have a, a new vineyard that is, is in just beginning to to take shape and to, to be planted uh, in Worcester. We have someone who left from this church who is, is planting in Estro, Florida. We want to continue to find who is it among you that God has called to be church planners or to be part of a church planning team. And it means that we're going to invest in training envisioning and putting wheels on, on that vision. But in light of the fact that 80% of our church, those who regularly are attending and are involved in this church, live elsewhere, we are committed to invest where you're living your lives. Are you tracking with me so far? Shake your head one way or the other. Yes? Tracking? Good. What if, what if there were a dozen families living in Morrow County, living in Knox County, living somewhere else, living in Lewis Center, Marengo, Marion, who came to find out they, they have a heart for mentoring or tutoring young people, investing in the lives of young adults. What if we helped you find each other? And then invested in you and released you to do that where you live, impacting that community. What if there were 20 families in, in some area who said, we, we love the food pantry in Sunbury. But we, we want to be able to tell our neighbors and those in, in our community, in our county, that there's a food pantry here that could serve them. We want to start a food pantry. We, again, we want to help find out what is in your heart. What has God created you for? How can we invest in that? I'm sure it, there are people who, among the, the, this church family, who live in the same neighborhoods, the same developments. What would it look like if we help to convene meetings, help to get those folks from that neighborhood together and let you dream together and say, Jesus, what is it that you would have us do? How could we be a positive influence in this neighborhood, in this development? Individuals who have common skills and interests, those who have, have always had a heart for prison or jail ministry, those who are, who are counselors who might want to come together and say, 
what would it look like if we were able to, to rent a, a storefront in, in this community, in this county, and open up a, a free marriage support uh, uh, hub or a counseling center where we live? And those who, again, have those gifts and those abilities coming together. Possibility for those who, who are... Who are great in repairing cars to help single moms where you all live your lives. Be handy, a handyman or handy woman for single mothers. Elder care. There, I mean, I, could, I, I love ideas and I have lots of them. But let me tell you something. This isn't going to be the pastors of the church sitting around, coming up with ideas, and then trying to recruit you guys. We want to start a food pantry in Morrow County. Who's willing to help us? Come on, you could, you could help. We're not going to be recruiting and trying to make this happen. We're not going to be coming up with the ideas. Starting in January, we're going to begin to gather people together. Sometimes it'll be who are geographically close. Sometimes it may be groups of people who have certain interests and say, here's the charge. Why don't you guys begin to pray, listen to Jesus, talk, brainstorm, stimulate one another with ideas, seek the Lord as to what he has called you to do. And then our job as, as a church and as pastors is to help train if necessary, invest, help to come alongside of you all to make those visions that start in his heart not our hearts, starting his heart, given to you to help see those all come together and come about. That's what the Beyond the Building campaign intends to do. I fully intend to gather high school students who go to a high school in other areas, not here in Big Walnut, we'll do it with them too, but get high school students and middle school students who are all in a school together or elementary school students with their parents and say, you guys begin to pray. How is it that God might use you? What is in your heart? What small things can you begin to do in your high school, middle school, elementary school that would reflect Christ and his love? What if we had a dozen kids in a, in a high school or elementary school who said, we're all in the same lunch uh, time. Let's make sure no one sits by themselves. We're going to commit, if we see someone sitting by themselves when we're eating lunch, we're going to invite them to sit with us or we're going to go over and sit with them. And began to think like disciples. But it's going to be their ideas that God has given them, that's in their heart, that we get to bless and, and give our amen to and encourage. So as a church, we, we want to invest in those places where you live your lives. It may be, we may find we have 30 people who all work at the Chase in Polaris or downtown at Nationwide. What if you all came together and began to think, how could we have impact here? Or a particular hospital in town. We want to invest in people as a church. We want to invest people. Send people out. And invest time and energy and invest money. Because not always... But oftentimes, ministry and serving others, it costs something. When we send out a church plant, it costs our church, especially when we've sent out the church plants where it's been, you know, 70 or 100 or 125 people. Not only do we help them and give them some seed money to start out, but we're sending out 100, 125 people are giving to this church. We, we, when we planted churches, we have seen in a month those tithes and offerings disappear. It could be four or $5,000 a month that we send out. It costs something. Sending out missionaries costs something. 
the food pantry. We, it costs something like thirty or $40,000 a year to, to run the food pantry. So one, one aspect, one slice of the, the Beyond the Building campaign is, is financial. And what we want to do along those lines is we're, we, we have a, still have a little more, not a little mortgage, we have a mortgage, it's not exorbitant, on, on this building. We want to pay off the mortgage at the building because we recognize we're paying $12,000 a month in mortgage payment. We want to pay that off, which is very doable, so that we instantly will find ourselves having money each month that we can begin to invest in the work of ministry. Not to mention the fact that we get the mortgage payment paid off. We're going to save, I think it's something like $250,000 in interest. That's not bad in and of itself. But, but hear me loud and clear on this. This slice of the pie of, the, of paying off the mortgage, if that's all we accomplish and we are not releasing ministry, and more specifically, releasing you to do what God has created you to do, to do where you live and where you work, if all we do is pay off the mortgage, but we are not making and being disciples, then, then this, quote, beyond the building campaign is a failure. Paying off the mortgage is a means to the end. So we're going to do a few things. We're going to begin to have some gatherings that will convene after the first of the year probably where we're going to get folks together and begin to dream and pray about what God has put in your heart, what God has caused you to do, and, and, and pray and dream and brainstorm together so we can push the ministry out. We're going to have this capital aspect of this, this campaign where we're going to begin to, to raise money to pay off the mortgage. It will ask people to consider giving over a three-year period because most of us aren't walking around with tons of money. If you have tons of money, that's fine. But, but over three years, you can begin to give. How are we going to raise the money? Let me be, let me be clear. It's going to be over three years. I, I envision this 30-foot-tall thermometer on the front lawn. And for the next two and a half, three months, we're starting a series on tithing and giving. No. No thermometers. We're going to continue to preach and teach out of the book of Acts. We're going to approach it the same way we've approached any of these kinds of needs. We're going to share a vision, ask you to pray, and to do what Jesus tells you to do. Years ago, when we... When Tim Kabaki, who's a medical missionary sent out from this church to Angola. He, he serves in a very rural, it's, it's out in the bush, a remote bush hospital. And they needed an ambulance to bring patients from the, the surrounding villages to, to the hospital. We went to you. We said, we, we would like to get this, this ambulance for, for this hospital where, where Tim, that Tim runs. Uh, shared the vision. We were hoping to raise maybe fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and I think in a matter of two or three months, we had hundred and thirty thousand dollars come in. We were able to buy the ambulance. We were able to to uh, buy beds, buy solar panels because the hospital had no electricity, and and it was served. It, the, but it was not by twisting arms. It's by saying you pray as individuals. You pray as families. If this vision that I've shared today resonates in your heart like it does in mine, then just say, Jesus, how would you like us to participate? And just simply do what God is calling you to do. I have no doubt that God will supply. A couple of other things we're going to do. There is that insert in your announcement sheet called Fireside Chats. Over the next couple of months... Michael and I are going to begin to have a series of, I think it's about 14 fireside chats. There probably won't be very many fires, but there'll be chats. And it's going to be a time for Michael and I to come and get together with small groups 
and groupings of small groups. Most of the fireside chats, quite frankly, are open and are just for anyone who wants to, they're all for anyone who wants to come, but I think we have seven of them at least here at the, uh, at the vineyard that aren't even for any particular groups. You know, so we want you, I want every one of you to be involved in one of those fireside chats. Because there's, there's far more that I want to share that's on my heart. We want to hear from you to fill in the blanks of what I've shared today and, and what God is saying to you. We want to be able to have dialogue. We want to be able to dream together. So it's just part of, it's a family get together. And over the next two and a half months, we'll, I would hope that every single person who is involved in the, in the vineyard participates. Each week we'll show, we'll put an insert of what fireside chats are, are available for you to attend that week. We're, we have a booklet out in the lobby that we're going to ask for everyone to grab. It just shares some of the things I've put on here to, more, to a greater detail. And in the back of the booklet, there's a calendar of events uh, with all the fireside chats. So today, grab a booklet, look at what group you're in, when, and the we're doing it just out of practical, for practical sake, just the mixed groups, that, most of the mixed groups that meet in the evenings. If you're in a men's group or a women's group, pick any one of these. They're all going to be open and make sure you attend one of the fireside chats just so we can get to hear from you and dialogue with you. But I, 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 this, is, this is so important to me to be able to hear from you and to share with you and to dialogue and to hear from God together. So decide which group, which fireside chat you want to be participating in, put it on your calendar and, and participate. Also out in the lobby on the tables, when you leave, you'll see something called a, a go card. Go, as in go and make disciples. And we're asking every individual and family to take one of these and use it as a stimulus to begin to pray and ask Jesus, what is it that you've put in my heart? What are the gifts, the abilities, the talents, the, the areas that you've placed me, and how might I invest there? And, and we're going to have you turn these in in November at the end of, of this. We're going to have a sort of a, a, a go-card weekend, a, a pledge card weekend when you could turn this in and give us an idea of what it is that God is speaking to you about. We also have pledge cards. We're going to ask every family, every individual in the church to take a pledge card. And again, simply say, Jesus, we're yours. All that we have is yours. What do you want us to give? What do you want us to give by way of our gifts, talents? What do you want us to give financially? And you'll turn those in down the road. But if we are just simply, as we've always tried to be, people that shares need, shares vision, ask Jesus, what is it that my part ought to be? What are you calling for me to do? We are going to be in, in, in fine shape. Because, and let me just explain, the, the reason why we want to pay off the mortgage isn't just that it's a nice little side idea, but we as a church, we live on what comes in. We don't have major storehouses of, of money. Um, we try to make sure we're investing the money. We have a savings just to be wise, but we try to invest what comes in to go out. If we're going to be actively deploying people overseas and in different communities and, and, and investing in, in storefronts and, and gathering people together to be serving in the, your communities, not all, but some of that is going to cost an investment. We can't absorb that just in our operating budget. That's why we're going to be paying this mortgage off. It'll be 12000 a month that we will be investing immediately. Some of you are going to give over three years. Some of you might give a, a chunk or all of it at the beginning. That'll be fine. But it's simply saying, Jesus, what have you called me to be? What have you called me to do? And then stepping out and doing it. Does that make sense? Does this resonate in your heart? Why don't you stand up? I'm going to just finish up this morning, and I want to pray for, for, for us. Father, I, I, I am amazed that you have called us to reflect you. 
I don't know what you were thinking, but I'm sure, I am sure glad that we get to, to do the stuff, not be spectators in the kingdom. Lord, I pray that over the next year, decade, for, for decades to come, you would be deploying us and our children in serving you, in being disciples where we live and overseas, in making disciples where we live and work and overseas. Lord, raise up church planters, raise up missionaries, raise up individuals who are going to reflect you in neighborhoods, workplaces, schools, where we live. Lord, we thank you for the fruit that has flowed from this building into this community. We want to continue doing that, but beyond the building. We just say to you this morning, here we are. Use me. Show me. Reveal to me what that would look like. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. So folks, as you leave, don't leave yet. As you leave, grab a booklet. Grab a go card. Grab a pledge card. And take that list of the, this week's fireside chats. And at, again, the last page of the, the booklet has all of the different fireside chats, where they meet, Everyone is open, even if it's going to be some different groups. Every one of those fireside chats is open. Put on your calendar now which one you're going to attend and uh, make sure you're involved in that. All right? God bless you guys. We will see you next week, and we'll see you at the fireside chats, which start this Tuesday night, so you can get on in on the very early ones if you'd like. God bless you guys. We'll see you later.